You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. Hello. We start a new series, He Shall Be Called Today. We're looking at the different names and positions of Jesus as we get ready for Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve this year, by the way, if you want to mark your calendars, is at 4 o'clock on December 24th, which happens to be Sunday. So if you show up here at 10.30, we will not be here. But if you show up at 4, we will be here for all the Christmas Eve festivities. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9 today. Um, we have one verse we're looking at, and we're going to unpack it. But chapter 9, starting with verse 6, it says this. Um, a little bit of background on this verse um, before we get there. This is Isaiah wrote this down 800 years before Christ showed up. Um, at this point, the Assyrians were conquering nation after nation. There wasn't a ton of hope in Israel. Um, and these are the words that Isaiah wrote to um, his people. <clears throat> it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let me read that again. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The, the positions and the titles that Jesus takes on as he comes to earth. Um, Isaiah foretelling 800 years before it happened, but it created the hope in, in a desperate people. Um, as, as they looked at life and as, as they struggled through it and they looked at their possible demise um, coming around the corner, they needed hope. They needed a, a story to, to, to be told, a, a story to come true that brought them back to their father, their God. They needed something to look forward to when everything seemed dim and bleak. And maybe we don't have the Assyrians chasing after us. I would assume we don't. They're all dead. Uh, God won. Just kidding. <laughs> That's not how that played out, but you know what I mean. Uh, they did get captured. Um, but we look at life oftentimes, and especially in today's age, like it's bleak. We, we see anti-God being the, the message of the day. It's what I want to do when I want to do it, and we see the destruction that that's causing all around us. Or we see the pain of our own lives. We see where the enemy has killed, you know, stolen from us and destroyed aspects of our lives, aspects of our livelihoods or places where we found comfort and trust that the enemy figured out how to sneak in and tear apart. We all need hope. We need hope every day. I think it's easy for us as Christians to, to look at that hope and, and say, well, I have Jesus, then I'm good. And that's true, but oftentimes we don't realize how important hope is still to us today, even though we know Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. We still have to be reminded of that hope. And that hope is found in, in these four uh, positions or these four titles that, that Isaiah gives Jesus. And we're going to break down these four titles over the next four weeks as we prepare for Christmas Eve when we talk about Jesus being Emmanuel. But the wonderful counselor, the, the, the almighty, powerful God, in all his glory, 
on being able to be with us and walk with us and direct us. We have mighty God, all-powerful, all-knowing God, the one that has the ability to stop time, the one that has the ability to bring those back from the dead. Everlasting Father, the, the gracious God, the caring God, the one that deeply loves you and loved you so much that even when you spit in his face with your sin, he went to the cross for you anyways. That even when you stray from him, he still loves you and waiting for you with open arms, as a good father should do. And finally, Prince of Peace, the place in which we can sit, the place that we can always have peace regardless of the chaos that may be going on around us and in our lives and the lives of those around us that we can always know who's in control and have confidence in that fact. But we're going to look at today uh, this first one, Wonderful Counselor. What does it mean? Um, what, what, is, what is Isaiah trying to get across? Um, that the king is coming, and, and when he comes, he will be a wonderful counselor. Well, let's break this apart. Let's look at both words. We're going to look at wonderful first. The word literally means incomprehensible can't wrap your hand around it. I think wonderful, we often throw around it really lightly, right? If I just kind of even like something, I'll say, oh, that was wonderful. Or I see the snow out and you're like, oh, that's such a beautiful, wonderful picture. But wonderful is bigger than that. Wonder lives in that idea of wonder beyond our comprehension, beyond our understanding, where God lives because that's who he is. Uh, another time that, that this word is used is uh, or Isaiah gives us, or sorry, um, the writer of Judges gives the same title of Wonderful Counselor to God. And this is the story of Samuel, and I'll just kind of give you the, the brief synopsis of it. But Samuel was a judge um, during uh, early times of Israel before the kingdom was established. Um, Samuel, if you know the story, was the one with the long hair and super strong. That's Samuel. Um, at the beginning, or sorry, Samson, not Samuel. <laughs> We're talking about Samson today. Uh, at the beginning of, of Samson's life, uh, an angel comes to his father and tells his father, hey, he's going to be, an, like, he's going to be uh, one set apart. He's going to be one that has strength, that's going to set Israel on the right track, is going to fight for Israel. And his father uh, responds to him after, after he gets this news, because he's excited. He says, Lord, what, what should I call you? What, what is your name? And the angel of the Lord responded, why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? Or in other words, why do you ask my name? Because it's beyond your understanding. And I think oftentimes with, with God, we, we, we try to put him in a box. Right? We, we try to take the idea of who God is and all his glory and all his might and boil it down to something I can comprehend and I can understand. But Jesus demonstrated his wonder throughout his life uh, here on earth, throughout his ministry uh, in those three years. I'm going all the way back to the beginning of it. He showed his wonder through his his conception in a womb by a virgin in Matthew 1. He showed that he is wonderful one in full power to heal in Matthew 4. He had amazing teachings over and over again, one of them being in Mark 1. He was perfect in his life, showing off his wonder. We see the Hebrew writer writing about that in Hebrews 4. And finally, we see in his death and his resurrection in Mark 16, this wonder, this uncomprehensible, unable to, to, to put into words what he had done, this wonder of who he was to be. 
Jesus also taught many wonderful things, things beyond oftentimes our comprehension or understanding. He, he taught, blessed are those who mourn in Matthew 5, rejoice and be glad in the midst of persecution. Later in Matthew 5, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you in Luke 6. Jesus' kind, kind of wonderful is awe-inspiring and superior to any other kind because he's perfect in every way. He's wonderful. But I think oftentimes when the human, the human issue is when we don't understand something, we try to make that something smaller so we can comprehend it. But there, there's, there's harm in that. So we take God and we, we put him in a simple box, right? And don't get me wrong, inside our box, it's, it, it's full, of, full of the light of God. It's full of glory. It's beautiful inside the box. There's so much power that exists in this wonderful counselor that lives inside my box because this is what I can comprehend. But the problem when God, when we put God inside of a box, is we don't get to see his full power on display. And going back to that hope, we lose hope. Because if my God can fit inside of a simple box, an idea, an ability, a belief system, or a comprehension in, the, in smaller things, then my God can't handle my life. He's too small. If my, if my God can live inside of a simple understanding, He's not that complex. He's too small for this life. This life is complex. And I think this is where those that don't know Jesus struggle with our idea of God. It's because we've made Him small. We've made Him understandable. But He's incomprehensible. He works on, on a level that is beyond our, our understanding. He's so far removed from the dimension that we live inside of and how he functions. I like to often think about God you know, outside of time, which is hard for us to do because we live on a timeline. We have a beginning and we all have an end. But God doesn't live by our time. He's, he's as much present at the moment of Jesus' resurrection right now in this moment as he is right now with us today. He doesn't play by the same rules. He's bigger than that. But I think oftentimes we let God get so small and he loses his wonder that when life gets hard, we fall apart. We start to cave. When life gets difficult or I get tired, I don't believe that God can. And I limit his power. How do I limit his power? I stop asking for big things. Jesus tells us, you don't receive because you do not ask. If my people would only pray, going back to Isaiah's words, As a follower of Jesus, you have access to the all-powerful one. You have access to, to this God that, that isn't limited by the rules or laws of this world. He's bigger than that. That when things don't make sense, it's okay. He's bigger than that. But if I try to take a, a huge God and make him into a, a, a smaller God that I can understand, I lose out on so much. I don't have faith. I don't have trust. I have examples of it, or I have images of it, but it's not real. It's something I say. But I really believe that God is bigger. If I really believed that He's full of wonder and can do absolutely anything, regardless of what happens to me in this life, I would not be shaken. I could lose my job and lose my house or, or lose loved ones or, or lose things or dreams that I chased for so long, and you could be wrecked. 
fall apart, give up on life, give up on God. Because you didn't think your God was big enough. we got to take God outside of the box. And I think oftentimes we, we can realize it in our lives if we're saying God can't or God won't in our lives. We start saying those kind of words, it's, it means we've lost the wonder of God. And Isaiah tells us he's the wonderful counselor. He's full of wonder, uncomprehensible, ununderstandable, at least in its entirety. And this is the God that we can get to connect with. Let's look at the second part of, of, uh, of this, this position or this title of counselor. Jesus being the wise counselor, teaching things beyond our comprehension or understanding. He didn't need anyone's testimony about mankind or to under or have that person tell them about himself. He already knew them inside and out. John 2. He's able to advise people thoroughly because he was qualified in the ways of a human counselor is in Christ, all hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Paul tells the Corinthians in Corinthians 2. Including the knowledge of all human nature, uh, we see in Psalm 139. And Jesus knows what uh, we're going through. He always knows the right course of action, the Hebrews writer tells us in Hebrews 4. But I think oftentimes, instead of going directly to Christ, who has all wisdom, has the ability to guide you through any circumstance, we, we do this weird mix of like, I pray for things, but then I try to take care of things on my own, in my own way. Don't get me wrong, there's going to be times that, that there's things Jesus wants you to take care of, wants you to deal with, wants you, you to take the action step, but he's going to lead you in that way. Oftentimes, we just take the reins. I have this obstacle in front of me, and instead of going to Jesus about it, I pray, and I'm like, hey, Jesus, can you just take care of this? Or, hey, Jesus, this is what I'm stressing about. And then we just take the reins back and try to take care of it ourselves. When Jesus is saying, just follow me. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's beyond your comprehension. But just do the right next thing that I'm telling you to do and watch what will happen. But that's trust. We don't like to trust. We don't like to give up that control. But this is the Christian life. This is what Jesus has called us to. You want to see Jesus' counsel on display. You want to see his wonder on display. It comes from that place. Am I going to trust him? Am I going to, is that going to increase who I believe God is? Something we've been talking about for the last few weeks here and there is just these characteristics of who God is. Right? God is good, like an everlasting father. God is great, like a mighty God. God is gracious, like the Prince of Peace. And the last one being wonderful counselor, full of wisdom. His glory shown. And we get to be those glory bearers in this life. But oftentimes we don't get to see that glory because we're not taking the risks and stepping out in faith in the way that he asked us to. And it's not big things. He starts small. Our faith increases as we walk with him. It's going to be little things. It may feel like big things. But looking back a year from now, you're going to laugh at how little that thing was in retrospect to the places he's taken you now. But it all comes back to trust. Am I trying to live this life my way? 
with my God in a box. Simple, neat, clean. I can put him on a shelf. He's tidy. He's not risky. Or do I dive all in and say, I'm in this, God. I believe you are a wonderful counselor. That you're going to guide each step of my way. I'm going to trust you to provide in that way. And you're going to do it in such a way that I'm not going to be able to understand or comprehend. We all have these stories in our life. Maybe they're not our stories, but they're stories we've heard in which God has, has provided in those ways. Well, let's be a people, Hill City, that they become our stories. That we trust God because he's trustworthy. We trust God because he is bigger. We trust God because he's full of power. And his death on the cross is, is our access to it. Putting our faith in Christ and in Christ alone is our access to this wonderful counselor. Watch what he can do. Can I pray for you? Father God, God, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for the Christmas season. We thank you that we, are, we get to be reminded year in and year out of how powerful, how wise, how beautiful, caring, and loving you are. That you sent your son Jesus to be with us, to be one of us, to walk this life as we walk this life so we have a God that is compassionate with us, that understands us. But God, build trust inside of us. God, look for those places in our lives and expose those places in our hearts where we've made you small, we've made you understandable. And God, it's uncomfortable to think you're bigger than or, or more than, and we, we can't actually put words to, to who you are and what you're doing, at least in, in your vastness. But God, it's in that uncomfortableness that we can live, that we get to see your power on display. That we can walk into any circumstance, any situation, any, any uh, calling you've placed in our life or dream you've, you've placed in our heart, God, with full confidence that you're going to see it through. God, even with the ups and downs of the journey and my faith has increased and grown, God, in the midst of those places, you're going to lead. And you're going to show your glory. You're going to show the ways in which you can work and in the ways in which you do. God, we love you. God, we thank you that we serve a God that we can't completely understand because he's too big and too vast. God, what kind of, of God would you be if we could fit you on this, uh, in a box or fit you on a page to, to be able to explain to somebody? You're bigger than that. We can have trust in you because you've got it. God, the areas right now, they may be speaking to our hearts, things that are popping into our heads. God, I know that's you speaking. God, those are areas you're asking us to trust you in. God, would you give us the courage and the confidence to tell somebody, to bring it out into the light so your dream of whatever you're trying to do in each of our lives, God, starts to come to fruition as we take steps of faith. Like God, we take steps of faith with our support system, our church community around us, because that's how you designed it. God, we want to see your wonder. We want to live by your counsel. We want to see what you can do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.